This podcast today uh, deals with my work in North Korea as it continued, but it's vignettes from the North Korean journal that I wrote uh, for my wife. For you see, uh, I had to keep things, uh, how can I put it? I had to keep things uh, as a love letter to her in order for me to record it and not uh, get it uh, taken away, censored before I left. So it's walking in the valley with a mountaintop attitude, folks. That's what it was all about. And I'll explain that as I go along. But this is written to my wife, Dr. K. Wendland New. Everybody called her Dr. L. I wrote it during an extended stay in North Korea, which is a closed country, especially to Americans. But God did a wonderful work for me uh, and in me in North Korea. And I just want to share God's answered prayers. It's not possible to include all of the journal information in this book. So I'll try it or in this podcast, not sorry. I'll try to give you the setting in which the following journal excerpts occurred. The previous chapters and um, podcasts I've done have described some events and I've shared some of the lessons learned as a result of walking with God through the test that uh, I was in. <laughs> For many years, I taught mountaineering. Walking with God has been uh, somewhat the same, had many similarities. Often you would face a testy situation in the mountains. And when it is over, when it was over, if you survived, <laughs> We would study the event, our method of meeting the test, and then learn the lesson. In this section of podcasting, I must let you walk with me through the times of stress, opposition, loneliness, frustration, various kinds of trouble, depression, and doubts. I'll try to be as transparent as possible in order for you to see how God met every need through his presence as the Holy Spirit. The messages he sent through his holy word and sometimes the messages he gave me in his silence. Try to picture the situation in your imagination. (coughs) As I said earlier, we normally had worked beneath the radar of publicity because when working with uh, leaders and bureaucrats, Things go smoother if they get the credit for what's accomplished. I was less than low man on the totem pole in the consortium of the five groups because no one had ever heard of Amigos Internacionales Incorporated. The others, of course, were uh, World Vision and um, uh, CARE, um, Mercy Corps, and Catholic Relief Services. Um, World Vision was there. It was an amazing time. And we were going to monitor the distribution of the corn in a country that is technically still at war with us. We were sent there, uh, and we had a real sense of being behind enemy lines, yet we needed to travel around the country to do our job. It looked impossible. This meant that we had to be under constant surveillance and control. 
We had a guide with us at all times. We called him a minder. He spoke English. He was trained to argue against uh, uh, democracy and against uh, uh, against uh, religion, against our Christianity, and everything that uh, that we normally hold dear, uh, because they uh, they well, they were specialists in uh, <laughs> guiding Americans. But they never let an American stay longer than a week, and they'd be anxious at times because we were traveling in areas that where no American had been for 50 years. The military was watching our groups very carefully to be sure we were not involved in espionage. This made everyone anxious. While all of this was in progress, Satan was active at home. My wife had stresses without me being there. She had needs that I could not meet. The uh, support group around her did not uh, function properly, and uh, she was uh, experienced frustration. Uh, I did not know that at the time. I just knew that uh, I felt in my heart things were not right because we could not communicate. The daily affirmation of my call to the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Was necessary to quiet the turmoil in my life, externally, and in my soul, internally. Only through prayer and feasting daily on the Scripture could I maintain the stability to do my job and let God be seen in me. My constant companion was a pocket-sized copy of the Living New Testament with Psalms. Most of the quotes from the scriptures used in these vignettes are taken from this book. Remember, these excerpts from my journal were written to my wife. Please excuse any <laughs> romance that surfaces, because we dearly, dearly loved each other for 66 years. Wow. She went to be with Jesus recently, and my heart is still broken. Our daily activities normally followed this pattern: grinding out the ship's unloading process, the bagging process, the distribution plan development, the transportation plan and methods, and the developing the development of monitoring plan. Um, I tell you, the development of all that was it. It was it was mentally and emotionally and spiritually draining. I kept praying for some way to expedite the process. We were having visa problems. Our visas needed to be extended to mid-November, but were only good until October 7, because our last ship came in in November. After negotiating until 9 p.m., the only answer we could get was, "We agree to study the problem. We will address your visa problems later. There's plenty of time." Oh boy! Well, we've been there 27 days, and this is the second or third time we've been through this visa negotiation business. We needed to stay till November 15. Oh, my heart goes out to the DPRK and negotiating team and our guides. We've been here for three weeks. That's three times longer than any American has ever been allowed to stay. Our guides. Who are with us constantly, day and night, are stressed. They've not been home to their families. 
have been translating for 14 to 16 hours a day. The negotiators are under pressure from their supervisors to send the Americans home. And they're under pressure from us to let us stay until the last of the four ships has arrived, been unloaded, and the corn distributed. Well, uncertainty and constant pressure reminds me, darling, of the first day of a disaster. Remember, you've been with me every, every day. We've been here 27 days, but this is not like a disaster 27 days later. It's like the first day of a disaster 27 times. It requires God-given patience and strength, I guarantee. The lesson that I was learning in this place, broken by natural disasters, and it came in a constant flowing stream. The explanations may seem tedious at times, but the lessons that were surfacing under stress might not have been learned or even noticed in earlier times. But learning to trust the sovereignty of God was a continuing lesson. Learning to walk with Him in faith and not by sight was another continuing lesson. I was learning to determine what parts of the project were my duties and that the rest were His. To do what I could do and let Him do the rest. I was learning to trust Him and His plan. He only gave me enough light for my uplifted foot. Not enough to see the whole project's path. It was a time of extreme attempt at endurance. Endurance in the faith. As the problems continued and God's negotiation of those problems occurred, slew us slowly every day. It was amazing to see him work. And we didn't know until after it was all over what he had done. It was amazing. Okay, well, God bless you for listening to this podcast so far. Next time on the next podcast, I'll continue with a vignette of working in North Korea. God bless you. Bye-bye. continue with vignettes from my diary in North Korea and the work there. Uh, I was surprised when I got up on Sunday morning and started to church. It, But it was a day of tremendous blessing. I went to church at the Bongsu Church. That church is the uh, government-permitted church and the pastor is uh, works for the government every week that I did attend it I heard the same message and he was kind of put out with me <laughs> wondering how long is that guy going to be here since most Americans only stayed a week well I went to Bongsu and as our car came up behind a three or four car caravan weaving its way up the broken concrete street that leads through a residential high-rise area right next to the river. The last car license had a red star and three digits of numbers. I'd never seen one like it. Whoever's there 
they must be biggies. At the church, TV cameras, boom mics, a crowd out front, church attendees, who knows who knows who's a member and who's required to be there, uh, in a double line, applauding as Mrs. Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife, elderly, stately, graceful beauty, gets out of one of the cars. She is helped by Gigi Graham's husband. In church, I sit behind Gigi and beside the director of the Dr. Eugene Bell Foundation that was named after Ms. Graham's father, who was a Chinese missionary or missionary to China. Uh, so I was there with Steve Litton. Stephen is our interpreter as he also interprets for Gigi. John 3.16 was the pastor's text. For God so loved the world, he loved it so much that he gave his only son so that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's from the Living Bible. After the message, Miss Graham was asked to bring greetings. She was helped slowly up the four steps. And at the pulpit, she flashed a radiant smile. Oh, my. I looked at her, and I thought of you, darling. All the days of being alone with the family responsibility, all of the waiting for the phone calls, the hurried family times, while others clamored for my attention, of all the sacrifices you made for a husband's ministry, and I wept and wept, and I'm still choked up when I think of it, even as I write. I love you, darling. There's no one on earth who could do what you do as you do it and still maintain the joy in the Lord that you manifest. Darling, I know it's hard, and I love you so much, and thank you for it. Well, Ms. Graham began to speak. She said, this is my first time in 60 years to be in Pyongyang. When I was a 13-year-old girl here, I was a student at the School for Foreigners. I came to understand that Jesus had died to save sinners, but I felt that I was not included in his plan, she said. I told my sister my sadness and what I thought. She told me to read John 3.16 and put my name in where it said world and to read Isaiah 53 verses 5 and 6 and put my name in it just like that. I did, she said, and then I understood. She said, I prayed, then I was cleansed and came to faith in Christ. The same faith that you can have as well. Today, there are many of you who need to take this step. The door is open for you. She said, I will probably never see many of you again, but if I don't see you here, I hope to see you there, as she points skyward, or heavenward, really. <laughs> Thank you, she said, and she was helped back to her seat and sat down. Devastatingly simple, powerful, and done with an anointing of the Spirit that made me weep then, and I choke up and weep now as I as I, I give this uh, this podcast. Sixty years of preparation, 
of a nine-sentence message. They had a clear evangelistic message and delivered with power in a place where that message has been silenced or at least kept underground for so long. Wow. Yes, it was a good day at the Bong Su Baptist Church. Well, I made it a Baptist church. A Baptist church for the day, anyway. (laughs) 